Today on I'll Have You Know. From a long-term perspective, just the way that working in general is changing, you know, flexible schedules, work from anywhere, the way that employers are thinking about their office spaces, and then just the heightened awareness on health in the workplace, women and mothers in particular, because a lot of them, you know, had to step out during the pandemic. Those have all actually really strengthened our value prop to both landlords and employers and moms. Abby Donald hadn't even become a mother yet when the idea for work and mother services was planted. As she entered Rice Business, friends who had become new moms shared what she describes as horror stories of returning to work as a new mom and trying to find private space for breast pumping during the workday. Fast forward a few years, today the Houston-based company is thriving and has been funded for a national expansion. Well, joining us today on I'll Have You Know is Abby Donnell, Rice Business Class of 2017 and also the founder of Work and Mother Services. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Abby. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I have seen Work and Mother in uh, the news lately, uh, business news a lot. And I know there's a lot of exciting things going on uh, with your company. And we want to talk about some um current developments. But first, let's just start with what is Work and Mother Services and how did you even come up with the idea for it? Work and Mother Services is, in short, a network of fully equipped, full service lactation suites. Um, what we we call ourselves a um, commercial lactation suite service provider for office buildings. And so what this really means is that we've created a outsourced solution for employers to provide a mother's room for their employees. So moms, when they return from maternity leave, need a place to pump, um, need the equipment to pump and all that. And their employers, the majority of employers legally need to provide that place. And so rather than every employer in you know an office building, for example, having to figure that out, um, we've worked with landlords to create an outsourced solution. So it's sort of a centralized place uh, that a lot of businesses can use within one maybe office building. Exactly. It's 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 a lot like a building gym, but instead of treadmills, uh, we you know, we've got hospital grade breast pumps. <laughs> and then we also provide through our app um a whole host of support resources and services for new parents, uh, appointments with lactation consultants, nutritionists, uh, you know, mental health and wellness experts, all, all of that so that um you know, working parents who are really trying to juggle it all have the support resources to do so. When I was looking over um, the website and the and the services, I think what struck me was I thought, oh, this doesn't already exist. Um, I guess not if you came up with this concept and saw a need in the market. Yeah, I get that response a lot. Um, every now and then I'm like, am I am I missing something here? <laughs> yeah, but no, we, you know, I did, did a lot of research, did a lot of focus groups up front. Um, a lot of that during my time at Rice, um, you know, when I was doing that research and really the only thing that exists, I would say, you know, the standard for in the workplace today is a wellness room, um, which was failing moms for a variety of reasons. You know, one simply being, um, 
it's become a catch-all for anything requiring privacy in the office now. So it's being used by anyone and everyone for phone calls or naps or if they're not feeling well. And if they're not feeling well, then it's creating a germy environment, which is not where moms should be preparing food for infants. Um, so, you know, that's one aspect. They, and they also don't provide privacy. Um, so that's kind of the standard that's out there. Um, you know, I've heard every horror story. I feel like that exists. Everything from moms having to pump in cars or, you know, with their backs against the door so that employees don't walk in to a company in New York that has a a dog holding room because it's a dog friendly company. And so when, you know, people bring their dogs to work and they need to go into a meeting, they can put the dog in the dog room. And that, um, was doubling as a mother's room. So that was the bar. Um, and there is, there's, uh, um, there are pods on the market, privacy pods, like uh, Mama Va does a great job of kind of tackling on the go privacy for breastfeeding, um, but they aren't, they aren't a full service solution and they're really not like a workplace appropriate solution either. So, so we were really the first to create this kind of outsourced service model aspect. And obviously, um, there is a need and the market is responding as we've seen you recently announced expansion plans and um, some additional investment. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, super excited. Um, we're working with CBRE on our national expansion plans. Um, I, they've been, you know, we just started the partnership with them uh, about a month ago. They've been absolutely wonderful to work with, really excited about the concept and, you know, they've got a national footprint. I think they're the biggest actually in general, but um, a lot of kind of missions aligned there. And, and so for us, it, you know, it's a, a great partner to grow with outside of in Houston, but also to kind of help us grow outside of Houston. What have you found as an entrepreneur has really been your biggest hurdle? Ooh, um, well, I, <laughs> I mean, bandwidth access to capital kind of, I feel like all the same hurdles that any, you know, founder who's just starting out faces, a particularly a female founder in a female-focused endeavor. But I, we also launched, I launched our pilot at the end of 2018. So we had a year and change under our belt before the pandemic kind of ground everything to a halt. So that was a really interesting time um, to be a young startup. And for us, it's been a, a little bit of a blessing and a curse, um, you know, short term, just like anybody else it hurt. Um, you know, we opened our second location to a empty office building. And so that was, that was brutal. But from a long term perspective, just the way that working in general is changing, you know, flexible schedules work from anywhere. Um, the way that employers are thinking about their office spaces, and then just the heightened awareness on health in the workplace, sanitation in the workplace, and bringing employees back to the office, women and mothers in particular, because a lot of them, you know, had to step out during the pandemic. Those have all actually really strengthened our value prop to both landlords and employers and moms. So we've had some hurdles during the pandemic, but um, now that things are picking back up, it's actually been, um, you know, we've got a lot of wind at our back. Definitely. Well, and I think for a lot of companies, either either recruitment or retention um, is a big topic right now. And if this is a sticking point for for a new mom and the either the you know office building or 
uh, the company can offer that, I would think that I would think they would see that value. Absolutely. And we actually just got a, a really nice testimonial. Um, a mom who's an executive at our company was actually not going to come back unless she could use our facilities because she, you know, she had a, a young baby. She um, being able to continue breastfeeding was so important, particularly during the pandemic, to be able to share your immune system with that baby. And she flat out wasn't going to come back unless this was on the table for her. And um, thankfully, that was one of our, you know, they were um, leasing in one of our buildings. And so she was able to use our suites. And I, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. Right now, labor market's tough. Millennials overwhelmingly want family and health benefits. Um, when comparing jobs, that's, you know, aside from the actual salary, that's the number one focus. And this, you know, is it's really hitting home for a lot of a lot of parents, working parents and employers, um, and particularly with the you know the real estate component right now. Landlords are it's it's all about the service. Um, it's not just about the space anymore. It's like what you know what amenities can the building provide? What service? And so many buildings put are you know they're putting in. It's cool. I'll hand it to them. They're putting in golf simulators or you know a bar on site and you know a lot of things like that. And it's like. So you've got golf simulators and booze, but moms are still sitting crouched in a closet pumping. You know, what's going to bring people back? Actually, it's, it's you know, making it, making a workplace environment where they can actually succeed at both of their roles. And so that's yes. where um, we're getting a lot of traction. I know of um, stories of someone in a shower. It was like a women's, it was kind of a women's bathroom, locker room, but it was the shower <laughs> the shower was the area. Obviously, the shower was turned off, but yeah, the shower. Yeah, look, as a so I actually came up with the idea for the company um, before I was a mom myself, just from witnessing my friends have kids and try and go back to work and other, you know, employees. And um, I was pregnant with my first when we launched the the pilot, um, and then I I had my second four months ago, um, and so I I been you know testing everything in real time and and um it's it's tough out there for a, a working mom who's trying to continue breastfeeding and care for their babies so tell me about when you were a rice business um how that you know shaped you did you go into the program you know wanting to be an entrepreneur with this idea or did it develop over the course of the program i went in with a focus on entrepreneurship I was working, so I did the evening professional program. I was working full-time at a boutique marketing and branding uh, firm here in Houston. And I loved the company. I loved the people. I'm still very close with them. And so I I actually went into the Rice Programming thinking that I would go back and do something with, you know, kind of growing that company, you know, helping in that role. Um, but then very early on, during the program is when just the way, you know, timing works out in life, all my friends were having kids and, you know, coworkers. And I, I was watching these struggles happen in real time while I'm sitting in these entrepreneurship classes. And that's when I kind of was like, there's a better way to do this, I think. Um, and so I, at first I, and I think this is kind of perhaps a mistake that I made and that a lot of maybe people with an idea might make is that I just kept it to myself because, um, you know, is this a stupid idea? Like, 
you know, and I don't know anything about breastfeeding or pumping at work because I haven't done it myself. And, you know, so here I'm like listening to all these things in class and trying to apply it myself, but I'm not really getting anywhere with it. And I'm like, is someone going to steal my idea if I tell, you know, (laughs) you know, just too much in my own head. And then, so it wasn't until second year, um, when we were, we were in more of like, you, you know, some of these entrepreneurship classes where you can actually, um, you know, come up with ideas and concepts and riff on them. And I finally was just like, I have this idea, you know, like kind of started picking people's brains. And that's when I actually was able to really start kind of developing it and like letting it snowball a little bit. Um, and I, was in um, some classes with Hassan Panahi and Al Danto. I actually did an independent study with him, which was incredibly helpful as I experimented with the idea. Um, and so, you know, it was at that point where I really would talk to people and they're like, oh, well, you need to talk to this person. And so I'd go talk to this person. They'd be like, oh, here's some feedback. Go talk to this person. And that's when the idea really started taking shape. Follow the breadcrumbs, follow the, yeah. follow the trail. <laughs> yeah, I kept trying to um, convince myself to like take a different job or something, you know, because here I'm like, I took out loans to go through the program and, you, you know, I'm watching classmates accept signing bonuses and other jobs. I'm like, okay, if I go down this route, there's a lot of, there's no stability. There's no, you know, paycheck that's coming with it. And I'm I'm like, I should definitely go down these other roads, but I can't like my, my brain is just on this path. And so, um, I tried for a while to talk myself out of it, but it was kind of like this undeniable force that finally I was like, all right, I'm doing it. When was your first uh, maybe big victory or I don't know if it was a signing that you realized, uh, what, you know, we have something here, you know, this this is definitely get, gaining momentum? It's a good question. I don't know if there was like a single aha moment because there's been little tweaks and pivots along the way. My kind of first step is I went to um, Limestone Investments, we own a building downtown. I... Um, pitched them on the concept and they were, they're kind of very forward thinking um, and super supportive. And so they helped me launch the pilot there. Um, And the fact that they liked it was, you know, reassuring. And then we had moms in there who, I mean, the testimonials from them was overwhelmingly positive. We just kind of paraded a lot of real estate people through the first location and started getting feedback and employers as well. And the feedback was so positive that I think it was like each one, you know, there was, there were things we had to change. There were things we had to pivot. We actually changed the model a little bit um, from when we started with that first location to now. Um, But it all came about kind of little by little. I don't think there was like a clear moment of like, (laughs) or actually (laughs) there's probably been a number of those, but the roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship is that you like, you know, one hour you're like, this is amazing. And the next hour you're like, oh my God, it's not going to work. And then one hour later, you're like, this is going to be incredible. So I don't know. There's not a single moment that I think I can pinpoint. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally agree. So as, as much as you maybe can say, what is your vision? Um, you know, in a way it sounds a little, strange perhaps because it's a totally different market but 
I want to be like the Starbucks of mother's sweets and parenting services. I literally, I want it to be like a given that if you're in a dense uh, business district or, you know, um, dense commercial area, that there's going to be a working mother suite nearby. Um, there's going to be resources for moms to get supplies or to free them up to travel for work or, or for pleasure, for whatever reason, you know, we're much more on the go as a society. And so really to, to, to be both a physical resource, but also, you know, a hub of support resources and additional services for parents on the go. I know you uh, you're, you have an app and you, and you talk a little bit about some of those services. Can you tell us about, you know, what you have now? And I think there's probably an endless, endless potential. And I know you have a, a couple, couple of partnerships as well. Yeah, yeah. So right now we've got, we started with five focus areas, um, lactation specialists, nutrition specialists, uh, with a focus on um, kind of breastfeeding into weaning into kind of kids nutrition. Sleep is a huge one for all parents, but you know, especially if you've got to be up and at work and leading a meeting at the next morning, I think that's something where it's like, there's a lot of panic over sleep training or how we do that. And so we've got a sleep coach in there, um, a psychologist, mental family health, and then um, the fifth area is um, career coaching. So those are kind of our fifth, five focus areas where we can provide, you know, e-courses or appointments or virtual appointments um, to provide support resources. Uh, but we do have a lot of growth plans in the pipelines for the way that we deliver support resources to parents and really broadening it beyond kind of the breastfeeding phase into just in general, the chaos of the juggle. I know you touched on this a little bit in, you know, being, being a female entrepreneur. Um, I think I heard someone say yesterday, maybe Houston has uh, gone from in the twenties to seventh, I think with female entrepreneurship um, in investment dollars, I don't, that's not official, but that was just something I heard. Um, can you share just some of your experiences and thoughts on, you know, women in entrepreneurship and, you know, obviously you're based here in Houston and, and come from Rice, but uh, maybe some of the positives and maybe some of the challenges that um, you've experienced. Yeah, I mean, I guess Houston, as far as the entrepreneurship landscape and investing landscape, Houston's all I know. Um, but I have found it to be an incredibly supportive community, uh, a lot of focus on um, both, you know, the Rice family, you know, network there, but also um, the female um, investor, the female um, entrepreneur, that circle. So I feel very fortunate um, to be where I am uh, um, geographically with this community. It, it, I will say it's been interesting in that I've heard a lot of stories um, and read, you know, plenty of articles about if you're a female entrepreneur trying to raise money while pregnant can be, you know, um, pretty hard, not just like a physical thing, but like from like people questioning your ability. And I did raise while pregnant, but it was during the pandemic. And so no, you know, it wasn't the same. It was actually probably to my advantage in that, like, it wasn't, people didn't find out till later, perhaps, um, you know, I was always very open about it, but like, it wasn't a visual symbol that was distracting from the pitch at hand, which I think, unfortunately, with some of the female entrepreneurs who have had to pitch while pregnant, 
in person, that can be kind of a an unfair obstacle. Let me put it that way. So um, I, I've lucked out, I think, but um, I I definitely think that it's still a tough road to navigate for a lot of women and mothers. Right, right. And I know you've gotten some um, investment dollars, and I believe from some um, investors who focus on female uh, yes, founded companies. Yes, yes. the Artemis Fund um, was our lead investor, and they are female focused, uh, female led. They are fantastic um, and have been wonderful to work with. And um, and then I, I'd say most of our investors are local groups, or you know, local to Texas at least. So. Um, Texas Halo Fund, the Beam Network out of Austin, and then you know some individuals as well. I know Rice Business has really focused on entrepreneurship and made you know made uh, had outstanding reputation in that. What kind of advice would you give um, a, a wannabe entrepreneur? You know whether they're entering Rice Business or um, going a different route. What advice would you give them based on what you've learned? I, I think my advice I've got kind of two go-tos one is um ask a lot of questions but most importantly listen you know um like I said earlier I I wasn't getting anywhere until I started sharing the idea the idea and and really asking for feedback and listening and talking to more and more people I think talking to as many people as as you can and it's especially kind of when you're a new entrepreneur and starting out if you ask people you know, hey, I'm a student or I'm going to be a student or I'm trying this out. Would you be willing to, you know, buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain? Most people have been very open to helping. You know, in the beginning, I was a little bit more reserved about just kind of asking or cold calling or, you know, and um, I, I got a lot better about just ask, asking the question, making the ask. Um, and so I'd say that's a big one. The other one is advice that was given to me that I, kind of took, but I think I could have taken it better um, in hindsight. And that is really start with as minimal of an MVP as possible, you know, like really see what the market wants and what it'll carry as far as your idea goes. And like, don't spend a ton of money up front, you know, whether it's like a, just a website with some, you know, pre-order kind of thing, or, uh, you know, try to try to kind of get your product out there without really getting it out there um, as much as you can. Because I think I tried to do that with our pilot, but in hindsight, I think I could have done it. I, I could have done it like way, way more scaled back to start with and gotten a lot more feedback a lot faster and for a lot less money in that those early stages than I realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's easy to, uh, to go, go further in that, um, and that that's something that I've heard uh, from other entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah. You feel like because it's new and you're new to it, you've got to put out something very polished, um, you know, and really make sure it's it's good to go. And you you have to put out a quality, something that you can deliver on for sure. Um, but I don't think you need to be as polished as perhaps, uh, you know, you think you do. <laughs> So I know you worked in marketing for a while. You also taught English in Spain. Coming from that background, uh, when you first started pitching your idea, um, did you ever have anyone say, well, you know, what's your experience in entrepreneurship or 
running a business or did, was that ever a, a stumbling block? Yeah, not, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just the kind of person where I don't pay mind to anything like that. So I'm a little <laughs> oblivious to it. But, uh, I, think, I mean, to this day, you know, when, when we're raising funds, I think there's always a, uh, you know, and I've seen it noted before, first time entrepreneur. I think that's always, you know, um, that's there, but I haven't, I guess, paid it mind enough to notice if it's kind of a, an, an obstacle per se. Right. Well, and I think sometimes it can be a benefit because you don't know what you don't know. And may, maybe that can be, you know, a good thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I will say my, you know, past life in marketing, I had the pleasure of getting to work with a lot of different types of clients. Um, so, or, you know, it was a boutique firm here in Houston and the client list really reflected the Houston market. So, you know, energy, um, nonprofits, uh, healthcare. And so I worked, my role allowed me to work very closely with kind of leadership within these companies to understand their business goals and then therefore kind of help translate it into the marketing efforts. And that gave me a lot of insight into a lot of different operations and companies and workplace settings. And I think looking back, that was huge to helping me kind of understand certain aspects of what I'm now doing. I know there's a lot of talk right now about going back to work. I mean, some some people have actually gone back to the office. There's still a lot of major corporations waiting. Um, when you're talking with your uh, partners, you know, landlords, what what are you hearing as far as that goes? And, um, you know, what are you looking the most forward to in, in you know, the, the women being able to utilize the services you offer? Yeah, it's, it's still certainly an interesting time. I think, you know, I think people are going to go back, even the ones who say they're not going to, I think eventually everyone else is going to get back and it's going to come down to productivity. The, what I'm excited about is I do think Flex is here to stay. Um, so I don't think it'll now be nine to five, you know, five days a week. Um, instead, I think it will be sort of a flex schedule or a flex workplace environment. And that's good for everybody, I think. And for us, it actually strengthens our value prop because, you know, if someone who needs a mother's room is only coming in once or twice a week, it makes even less sense for every single individual employer in an office tower to do an adequate job of you know, providing for that. So a shared space, you know, fully equipped, like much higher level of service offering that they can take advantage of whenever they need, but it's not going to cost them nearly as much as trying to do it themselves just makes so much more sense. Um, and so I, I'm excited for, in general, for this new setup of the workplace, because I think it's, it's a win-win for everybody. I mean, for working parents who you know, you need the flexibility of when you, I mean, I had it this morning where our childcare plans for the morning were upended and we did the juggle um, this morning. My husband and I did the juggle of shifts until backup, you know, was there. And um, the idea that, you know, we can, we can really be productive anywhere at any time is great, but also I need to get out of my house to really be able to focus because if I'm there and there are kids there, you know, so so with the understanding of flexibility and being able to provide better workplaces, better family-friendly workplaces, um, that I'm just really excited for the future in that regard. Well, we want to thank you for sharing your story on I'll Have You Know. And I'd just like to ask, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? 
Um, no, I just, you know, I'm a, probably Rice's biggest fan. Um, the community has been super supportive. Um, I, in a way, I never would have imagined um, when I set foot in there the first day and wondered if I was crazy for, for going. Um, so, I mean, with that, just kind of thanks. And I'm excited to continue being part of the, the community and the alumni network. Well, thank you so much, Abby Donnell with Work and Mother Services. We appreciate you joining us. <laughs> Thanks so much. This has been I'll Have You Know. Thanks for listening. You can find links and more information about our guests, hosts, and announcements on our website, business.rice.edu. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts and leave us a comment while you're at it and let us know what you think. I'll Have You Know is a production of Rice Business and is sponsored by the Rice Business Alumni Board. The hosts of I'll Have You Know are myself, David Drugliever, and Christine Dobbin.